0: This is a SONO India Production, and you're listening to Indian Economy Explained. In November last year, India's female labour force participation rate fell to its lowest points at 6.9%. While 67% of all men of working age are employed, only 9% of all women of working age are employed in the country. Longer-term trends suggest that female labour force participation rates in India have been puzzling. Female participation rates declined from 34.1% in 1999 to 27.2% in 2011 and 2012. As per the data by the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy, the female labour participation rate was 16.4% in the May to August 2016 It then fell to stabilize at around 11% in response to the demonetization shock in the economy. And in response to the lockdown shock in 2020, it fell close to 9%. Women's participation in the labor force is influenced and affected by many socioeconomic factors, such as how far they study their age of marriage, urbanization, and others. According to the International Labor Organization, in India, much of the discussion on the falling trends has focused on four key explanations – rising educational enrolment of young women, lack of employment opportunities, effect of household income on participation and measurement. One of the explanations given for the low work participation rates of women is the challenge of measurement which is to do with both how work is measured by enumerators as well as with how work is defined. Hi, I'm Guneka Balhutra, Research and Communications Officer for Sona India and your host for this episode of Indian Economy Explained. To understand more about the falling labour force participation of women in India, I reached out to Sona Mitra, Principal Economist at Initiative for What Works to Advance Women and Girls in the Economy, a research centre of the Institute for Financial Management and Research. Mitra began by telling me that the labour force participation of women in the country has been low historically. But the problem was never as severe as it is now.
1: The problem was never uh, as acute as it is now because the additional problem that has been faced for the past 10 to 15 years is about the decline. So the highest that ever the female labor force participation that was reached in India was at the level of 30 to 32%. Right now it is 20%. So even 30 to 32 percent of women's uh, labor force participation for an economy like India, which is also growing at a very fast rate around that time, was uh, comparatively much lower compared to other countries which had similar growth rates. So historically, India has been suffering from low women's labor force participation rate. So, So that is one of the most important concerns that we
0: are faced with right now. Mitra explained the supply-side factors and the demand-side factors that explain low participation of women in labour in the country.
1: On the supply-side, basically about the issues of uh, the lack of proper skill and training, the lack of um, women's educational outcomes, not only the demographics, but also the other supply-side factors such as uh, not having enough uh, investments in uh, social capital for women, which has basically Kept women uh, away from the labor force. Now, this is the very simple supply side explanations because, and this does not hold because what we have seen is that women's educational outcomes in the last few years have also been improving, but that did not impact the women's labour force participation rate. So clearly it wasn't about the deficiencies in educational outcomes. It is more than that. Now, if we look at the demand side explanations, one of the most important things that come out is basically that there has not been enough demand for women's employment in the economy. That simply put means that there have not been enough jobs for women in the economy. So as as good as it may, as it may be that the Indian economy has been rising at a very at very fast rates of economic growth, that economic growth excluded women in terms of not being able to attract them into the workforce. So that is one of the important reasons. And one of the other issue that has to be brought into this context, and it is interlinked with or everything that I am saying, is that the increased amount of unpaid work that women have been performing in the Indian economy. The uh, unpaid work meaning unpaid household uh, maintenance work as well as caring for sick, elderly and children. So unpaid work for women may, be, may uh, have two parts basically, the household chores and the care work. And this burden of unpaid work for women has is 10 times than that of i mean women perform 10 times more unpaid work than men in india the global average is somewhere around 3.2 times that is globally women perform 3.2 times more unpaid work than men
0: she said that in india women perform 10 times more unpaid work than men as you see that the time
1: spent on
0: performing these activities
1: in the unpaid domain actually takes up uh, actually prevents women from engaging into other activities, including women's engagement in the labor force participation. So, there are, um, there are multiple issues that have acted together to um, keep women out of the labor force and also are driving women, ad- additionally, driving women out of the labor force.
0: Mitra told me that the unpaid work and paid work done by women has a very deep connection and works in the continuum. That means if the unpaid work by women is reduced, she will have more time to spend on paid work. And if she has spent a lot of time on unpaid work, she will have less time to get engaged into paid work. Earlier this month, the Supreme Court also said that the value of a woman's work at home was no less than that of her office-going husband. The bench of justices N.V. Ramana and Surya said that, A homemaker often prepares food for the entire family, manages the procurement of groceries and other household shopping needs, cleans and manages the house and its surroundings, undertakes decoration, repairs and maintenance work, looks after the needs of the children and any aged member of the household, manages budgets and so much more. The Supreme Court concluded that it is a reflection of changing attitudes and mindsets and of our international law obligations. And most importantly, it is a step towards the constitutional vision of social equality and ensuring dignity of life to all individuals.
1: The women's unpaid work, which has a core component, a core component is basically the care work that women perform. Care economy is basically the part of the care work that women perform. Now, it can be paid care work, it can be unpaid care work. Now, the paid care work is basically the outsourced, commercialized care that is provided by child care centers, paid creches, and other such commercialized care uh, uh, avenues. Um, on the other hand, women also perform a large part of the care inside the home, that is taking care of the children, taking care of older people in the household, and caring for the sick people in the household.
0: According to the International Labour Organization, the care economy is growing as the demand for childcare and elder care is increasing in all regions, which in turn will create a great number of jobs in the coming years. Mitra too said that the care economy is a big part of the economy
1: care economy is a big part of the economy, while the commercialized care services, maybe the a, old age homes or the nursing facilities for uh, sick people or elderly facilities for uh, old uh, people or child care facilities provided by private or public uh, organizations, I mean, private or government organizations, that uh, uh, those all get into the care economy, but the, the, but the proportion... Of the commercialized care in developing countries, including in India, is so low that women tend to perform more care work inside the house in a non-commercialized um, setup, rather than get into the commercialized setup. That is to say that women in India outsource much less care work than com- than than they do in the advanced capitalist economies. Um, Except for a small section of urban women in India who do outsource the care, outsource care uh, and can afford to do so, most women, including the women who work as domestic helps in our house, perform the care work of taking care of children, cooking for them, cleaning for them, washing for them. Um, all of this work is performed by women within the household at no payment or no remunerations. And that kind of subsidizes the economy in terms of, um, that kind of subsidizes the economy. Maintaining a healthy population is also a requirement of having a healthy labor supply for the future. And that healthy labor supply comes from women's unpaid care work that does not, uh, get recognized or remunerated and hence it is called the subsidies provided by women's unpaid care.
0: I asked Mitra some of the challenges in measuring female workforce participation and what policies the government has in place to encourage women's workforce participation.
1: The government uh, policies and programs have been focusing on improving women's workforce participation in the last few years, Save last five to seven years when the problem has become acute. And uh, what the government has essentially done in the last five years especially is that they have been emphasizing on creating uh, women entrepreneurs in the country by, by facilitating or by providing them with easy access to credits. Now, that's a very promising idea provided that we in India, had a history of women women's entrepreneurship. We had a history, and we also had adequate infrastructural facilities and the skill and training support that is required to women required for women to turn into entrepreneurs. We did not have that. None of the skill development programs in the past have focused on leadership or management or ma- uh, developing managerial qualities. Uh, within women, not even developing basic accounting uh, skills within women which would help them to uh, run their own businesses. However, we have done a step jump in terms of providing them with credit and the, uh, telling them that go develop your own business, small however small it may be, and That is the idea which the government has that is going to resolve the employment crisis because the government has this, um, the government, the policies on emphasizing women's entrepreneurship looks at this, in this, uh, looks at the entire question of women's employment or women's workforce participation in a way that women, if we increase the number of women entrepreneurs in the country, then the uh, women's engagement in the economy increases which in turn has a positive impact on the women, on women's workforce participation it oh, it additionally the policy should have included creating suitable uh, employment opportunities for women suitable as in um, opportunities which Provide women with the flexible with flexible timing um, opportunities, which provide women with childcare facilities at the workplace, and which provide women with suitable remunerations and proper social security coverage. Uh, those opportunities are attractive to women, but however, somewhere we have fallen back on this part, and we have been uh, um, and the policies have been emphasizing on creating entrepreneurs. Uh, through women and entrepreneurs of a scale which is uh, which can hardly and, uh, uh, entrepreneurs of a scale which can hardly um, basically even qualify as enterprises because the amount of credit that women receive usually and the uh, and the capital which they invest in setting up their own businesses are so small that most of the time those businesses fall out of the MSME brackets. Therefore, what we have here is a whole bunch of women's small businesses which do not have any um, security or scalability or sustainability which could lead to entrepreneurs out of women and we also have a deficiency of adequate opportunities for women which they can which they can grab and remain employed by getting wages at the end of the month or the week or whatever may be the frequencies. So these challenges till the time they are overcome the challenge of increasing labour force participation rates of women will continue to persist.
0: As per the November 2020 data from the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy, the labor force has shrunk 2% for men and a whopping 13% for women over the previous year. Mitra explained why the COVID pandemic has increased the gender gaps in the workforce participation in the economy. During the lockdown, what
1: has happened is, that uh, we all know that what happened to the migrant workers because the lockdown had no work for the migrants, they were returning back. Women who were who, who had not migrated, who were there in the rural setup, were actually accommodating the returning male migrants in their household. The second thing that happened was the schools were closed. children who were usually in school at uh, for some period of the day would uh, in the, during the lockdown would no longer go to the school. Also, even now, schools have not reopened, even even though the lockdown has, is over. So therefore, women have to spend a lot of time taking care of the children. In fact, they have to teach them, uh, sit with them while their online classes are going on. And um, also, the collapse of the health system, which the health system, which was geared to fight the pandemic, was overlooking the needs of the other uh, these illnesses, uh, the general illnesses that 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 is always there and has to be taken care of by the health system was being neglected and women had to take care of those sick people inside the household. So therefore, there was this whole uh, thrust and uh, this whole pressure on women to increase the hours that they put in uh, providing meals cooking for children and men in the household and also to take care of children and sick and elderly in the household increased phenomenally during the pandemic and during the lockdown and even in the post-lockdown period. And therefore, the gaps increased.
0: According to the Global Gender Gap Index 2020, a study covering 153 economies India has slipped to the 112th spot from its 108th position in 2018. The report also says it would take nearly 100 years to close the gender gap in various fields in India compared to the time it would take in other countries.
1: So, you see, the gender wage gap in India, the earnings gap in India has also been a very stable phenomenon. If we talk about women's employment in government services and other formal employment, then the wage gap is actually much lower. Um, The gap is much lower and is comparable globally. So women usually receive around 75 to 80% of the wages that men get in the formal employment, including government employment. But the reality is that women, more women in India are employed in the informal sector. And within the informal sector, within casual employment and casual employment meaning women working as construction workers or women in uh, domestic work and women working in any informal sector, informal setup within workshops and factories or as home-based workers. The earnings gap is pretty substantial in the sense that women only receive around 60 to 65 percent of the male earnings. So that has been a constant in the last uh, 10 to 15 years. We have not seen much improvement. One of the reasons for that is that we have not really seen uh, an improvement in the, very high improvement in the uh, movement of wages. Basically what I'm saying is the wages have been, the real wages have been uh, fluctuating. We have seen uh, phases in which real wages increased, we have seen phases in which real wages have declined and uh, a larger uh, phase, a longer phase when real wages have actually remained stagnant. In that, within that, the gaps between the earnings of men and women have, rema- uh, have remained more or less stable and uh, one of the important uh, important reasons for that is that women remain employed within certain sectors of the economy which tend to be low-paid and low-remunerated. I'll tell you the examples of women's uh, employment in sectors would be uh, domestic work, construction work, women in beauty parlours and also women working in factories which are like garments and electronics and not in other uh, factories which are uh, not in other uh, other kind of factories which produce uh, more mechanized goods. So women have always tended to remain clustered in sectors which have lower remunerations. That is one of the major reasons why this gap between the earnings have not been able to reduce. It has stabilized over time. So if one needs to reduce the gap, one of the important thrusts would be to push women out of these sectors into newer and better paid sectors.
0: Mitra explained what needs to be done by the government and the policy makers to draw women back into the labour force.
1: One of the important things is about creating employment that is suitable for women, that is, that suits women's expectations. One of the important things that uh, I said in the beginning, that uh, there has been an improvement in educational outcomes of women, which means that those women who have got educated and have actually received higher education would also expect jobs that would provide them with better remunerations. So the government or the policies need to focus on creating jobs for women. And jobs for women necessarily has to include uh, an important component of flexible timing facilities for women because women often prefer uh, part-time jobs Women prefer seasonal jobs. Women prefer jobs with flexible timing so that they can adjust their uh, household work, balance between the household work and the paid work. Uh, the other thing that is most necessary to bring back women into the workforce is that every factory, every workspace, every workshop should have uh, adequate childcare facilities, which which women would have confidence in proper quality childcare facilities at the workplace so that women can bring their child. So basically, creches at the workplaces. Now, the um, National Rural Employment Guarantee has uh, made it mandatory for every worksite to have a child care facility. And we have seen the results that Narega has been one of the most successful programs in ter- terms of attracting most women. Now, the, um, the other thing and the immediate thing that the government can do is to also increase the uh, number of work days under narega so that more women can actually get employed under the program and um the finally the finally the final thing that the government uh, or the policy announcements need to take care of is that apart from childcare facilities and um, apart from the infrastructural uh, facilities that I'm talking about, it is important to ensure that women are safe in their workplaces. So safety, uh, safe transport, safe public transport, safety at the workplace, uh, all of these are essentials that needs to be mandated legally. Uh, by the policies, so, you, so, so the workforce can actually attract more women into it.
0: A report released by the United Nations Development Programme, UNDP, in 2015, stated that in rural India, 67% of girls who are graduates do not work. In towns and cities, 68.3% of women who graduate don't have paid jobs. The increased aspirations brought with education is not matched with the availability of jobs in the country. Mitra said that women who acquire higher education would only apply for jobs which suit their qualifications and expected remunerations. Therefore, there are not enough women in the workforce or in paid employment in the country. I asked Mitra what the long-term implications of the lack of women in the workforce would be. One of the biggest...
1: Implication of this would be that we are we are not using our fifty percent of the population optimally to contribute to the national GDP. Now, many would uh, uh, many economists have argued that the uh, high rate of pro- economic growth that India has achieved in the past may get affected if it does not utilize its women properly. Having said that, while that is one of the long-term implications that might be true, the other part that is very, uh, I mean, that is not exactly an economic point, but that is very important, is related to women's overall empowerment and developing women's agency. So, in an economy and in a society like India, if we do not engage women in the labor force, If we do not engage women in uh, the entire production process, entire process of producing goods and services, then we are actually doing a great disservice to the nation because we are keeping women unexposed and confined within the households. And that has a very debilitating effect on the development of uh, agency in women. The development of self-esteem and the de- and also on therefore on the overall empowerment of women. The long-term impact of not having enough women in the workforce would lead to reduced women's empowerment, reduced levels of women's empowerment in the economy and in
0: the country. Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.